So welcome back to the Chroma City Podcast. Welcome back. With Freddy and with Juice. That's me. Um, on this episode, we're going to do something pretty uh, cliche, I guess, now. But uh, we thought it would be fun to do a tier list comprised of 90s rock bands. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess we'll just... 90s rock. Because, you know, we're 90s. We're 90s guys. Grew up in the... Uh, Late 80s, early 90s, and then the teen years. Yeah. The turn of the century. And you listen to most of your music the in the 90s. Anyway, you think? I mean, if you're in your teens in the 90s, you're listening to most of your music then. At least getting into the majority of what you're going to be listening to for the rest of your life. So that's like yeah. a good root point. A couple of the real brainers got in my head in the 80s, like Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Madonna starting point, yep. And stuff like that. Um, but when I could first go to, into a store and buy a tape with money, then it was, yeah, like 91, 92. So then, yeah. I only ever started with CDs. I never had tapes. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I mean, Compact I would record, discs. like, mixed tapes and stuff like that but I, I may have had like one or two that were given to me but when I really started collecting music it was like CDs you know because it was the you know, yeah. strawberries right down the road yeah yeah we had sound waves in uh, Salt Pine Plaza in Kingston Narragansett area SK um, it was called sound waves yeah and I got like Metallica and Justice for All and Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Pearl Jam 10, and then a couple of years later, Pearl Jam Versus. And that's where I pretty much, uh, that's where my Pearl Jam fandom ends, is those first two albums. Begins and ends. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely a prime time. So, I mean, a lot, going into, a lot of the first uh, releases I got were all mostly gifts, though. <laughs> for, for me, anyway. Like, the first, I had Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion 1, and it was given to me by my cousin. And then I had Lionel All for One, you know, it was given to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's their head song? What's their big one? Uh, I Swear. I Swear. But, uh. The moon and stars. That's a right. good way to get get so, close and start dancing and. So this tier list, if you don't already know, is uh, it's basically five categories. You get D, C, B, A, and S, and then they have a whole what does bunch that of. Mean? Super. Uh, just S rank is like I mean, especially with video games, S is way above A. I don't know if they really use that in anything else other than like okay. games or like card games or something. But uh, yeah, that's like your that's your super tier. That's like the best fucking band. There's no F tier. <laughs> <laughs> no D. Well, I mean D, D, D would be our F tier because I guess maybe oh, yeah, they wanted because to. Because then there's C is D and B is uh, C and A is B and S is A. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just they shifted everything. I don't know. That's just how it is. <laughs> that's cool. It's just like you're super because A is great, but you know I. Yeah, if you want to go above A, if you like really just like yeah. 
It's just add, add, add one extra. I don't, I don't fucking idea. <laughs> but they they have a it's a preset uh, list here. I don't know who somebody made it of um, just a whole bunch of '90s rock bands. So we're gonna pick with each band and put it into a tier, and we'll just discuss. Okay. It'll be a fun. Discuss. I know. I, I think I know all these bands pretty much. Yeah. I'm so looking at them to make sure I know them all. First one is the Google Growls. Google Growls. Okay. Well, let's see, see. I have a pretty good history with that. I know. Guys. Yeah. This is this is the. Uh, let's try not to go too long. We have a, we have a bunch to go through. Okay. So. Well, I, I yeah. want to tell you a funny story. Right, go ahead. One funny story about Johnny Resnick and how he was kind of like uh, unapproachable when when they were playing. Uh, I think it was the Century Lounge. Mm. And um, basically, all the people of the Century Lounge like did their load in and everything, and he even like there's nothing like thank you or anything else like that. It's okay. very like entitlement. And then like when Lawrence went up to uh, ask question to the thing, like the his like bodyguard like got in between them and was like, hey, hey, back off and this and that. Okay. And like I work here and I'm trying to ask you a technical question here. Oh. Um, and it was just uh, yeah. But as a band, I like that they were signed to Metal Blade Records. They're, that was their I forgot first they were release. on Metal Blade. That's like pretty hardcore and cool. Because weren't they really punk at the very beginning? Yeah, they were definitely heavier. And then in mid, like in many cases, they're what like they put a slow song on the album that did well, the ballad, and they expected now them to be like all ballady and sexy mm -hmm. and shit. And they were definitely more heavier in punk and like at the very beginning Metal Blade material. They, they were probably the most one of the lighter acts on Metal Blade, but and I learned that through membership of the BMG Music Club, because you could then go in and they send you a magazine every month, and you can read up on bands. And they uh, they were doing a Metal Blade twenty fifth anniversary or something at that point. Uh, maybe it wasn't that like maybe it was twentieth or something at that because this was in the yeah like ninety. Some odd area, six, seven. So I had a, what the hell's the name of this album? Boyne and Goo. And uh, I don't know what made me want to get this album, but I, I liked it. And I remember you got me, was it Jed? Yeah. The, In the high school, that's like album. a polka dot album, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, there's uh, Hold Me Up and Jed. Those are their Metal Blade ones. Yep. But nice. I mean, yeah, I liked, I just recently listened to that album again, and uh, it's all I right. Won't tell your name. I won't tell your name. That's one of those songs that went to every station. It wasn't just on HJ or, or I'm not going to use local things. It wasn't just on the dude rock station, you know. It, it was also <laughs> on the alternative rock station. BRU. <laughs> it was also on the pop station, you know, Coast 93.3. It was also on 92 Pro FM, the, the top 40 station. Yes, it was on everything. <laughs> so there was, yeah, super crossover, and I could not escape that song. I won't tell him your name. Like, I, well, that's the song I that made them go radio. Again, but the, yeah, yeah. And then the Don't Want the World to See Me song, the Nicholas oh, Cage. Oh, uh, um, that's Iris. And he, and he eats the pears and the pears. Dude, I, dude, I oh, loved that song when it came out because I was at my height of Google Dolls, you know, yeah. liking. It was at that point, and then that song came out. I was like, holy crap, this yeah. is mind-blowing. Yeah, it's uh, a, a really good song, yeah. That, I guess, you but, know, it's, it's hard to, like, now that it's many years after, it has been repeatedly played on the radio every, all, like, we've had a few decades to, like, hear other music for a while. 
I like the song. To, I don't tell him your name. I won't tell him your name. Like I'm, I'm into that song. I could like definitely rock out to that at least like once, and then and then take another. Because after that they had they had years, dizzy up so. the girl, which had Iris on it, and then that's kind of when I fell off. And then I just stopped listening to them. I mean, Superstar oh, yeah, Long Car Way Wash. Down, too. Long Way Down on the Twister soundtrack. That was like, holy shit, man, they got some distortion. Yeah. In the hurricane. All right, so, I mean, I, superstar, I just want to say Superstar Car Wash. I remember really loving that album, and I haven't heard it since. So I would like to listen to that again. But from S to D... Hmm. Which you're right, A to F, it would have made one. But um, I like S to D. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna say like B, C, because I don't really listen to them anymore. I mean, they're they're all right, but I'm gonna vote C. If yeah. you would, if you would have vote a little higher, then we we could argue about it, or we could put it in the middle. If you were to say A, we'd go B. Just yeah. Go so just to put it right. Um, I I think I'm gonna actually agree with that because like. Yeah, like a whole, you know, they're 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 hit songs. They have hit songs and everything, and that's and that's cool. And um, but I feel like, as far as yeah, like being being like super memorable as like a band, other than having those few songs, that are like pretty popular and like yeah, they were cool and punk back in the day, like Sugar Ray and stuff like that. But. Uh, that's not what they're like now, like super, super do. It's like, I won't slide, slide in. Oh, I hated slide. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I mean. That was Dizzy Up the Girl, right? And I, I think that was the album when I kind of fell off. I'm Why like, don't you slide? See, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> the next on the list is Allison Chains. Oh, shit. Allison Chains are high up for me. Are they? High up for me. One of my favorite albums, first of all, ever is Dirt. Dirt. Yeah. That is great, but I also like their self-titled, which came out after Dirt, over like some years after Dirt, 96, 97, mm -hmm. and the song Grind. Um, that's like probably one of my favorite overall Alice in Chains songs. Okay. And then I like Nutshell. And oh, great, Nutshell's like, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jar, I, the whole Jar of Flies. Do I have Jar of Flies? Like, oh man, like they just put out really good out. Like every album is good, Facelift, the early stuff. They were one of those short-lived bands that had really just put out a bunch of really good albums in a row. Fucking Lance Daly punched a Nazi at one of his concerts. Nice. He just jumped off the stage and started wailing on this dude who was... He may have been joking, but he, fuck, who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> this guy kicked his ass. Uh -huh. um, and it sucks about, you know what I mean? Heroin addiction is bad and drugs are bad. Don't take meth. Don't take fentanyl. Don't take heroin. And all that shit, it's not gonna make you any more creative. Of all the like Seattle bands, if I had to pick one to like listen to above all the rest and consistently, it might be it, it would probably be Alice in Chains, in terms of more output that they've put out that I would continue and always to listen to. Heck yeah, I would I, I would put them in in at least a tier. Okay. At, at least. All right. So. They may bump up accordingly to, you know, it, the more bands that come on here. Yeah, we're going to adjust as we go. We can. They're at least an A's hair pan, okay. uh, if not S. They may end up in this smattering because I see, well, we'll get to it, but they may end up being an S tier. <laughs> I want to say, like, I've right. heard I've heard Dirt and, and a handful. I like some Alice in Chains songs, but I've never, like, been 
a big fan. Like half of the songs on Dirt are great, but I haven't really, I haven't listened to enough of them to really like make an opinion. But I mean, for me personally, I would say C or B because, but if you're saying A, S, mm. You know, we can meet it like That's an a. a. Like we can meet it. We can meet at A or B. I mean, I'm I'm cool with that. Letting a little slide. Okay, I would accept A without without it bumping up to S necessarily. They are a good band. A lot they of are they're, other bands they are there, a good band. You know, we'll yeah. give it. We'll give it A. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. I'm not going to complain about that because they are a good band. I just don't listen. Don't really listen to them. Three Eleven. Three Eleven. Now this is interesting. If we're basing this on the, just the f- music grassroots. Um, enlarged to show detail or whatever that little EP was the blue album alone they would be A but like a lot of the albums that they put out after after the blue one when they got covering love song that slow ass cover of love song oh, yeah. like Amber's the color of your energy <laughs> that was tra- transmission right yeah transistor transistor and then uh, the other one they went in a different direction which is fine and blah 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 like people do that and that's that's the choice and whatever but then you know you will lose some fans but it's definitely stuck in a time if they try doing that now like music is so different now yeah and um and they'd be, they'd like, be totally different. Yeah, it's definitely stuck in a time like the rap rock positive, like oh, we're gonna, like hit that glitch. We're gonna pass the joint around. Yeah, yeah hacky sack, sack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So it's you know it's, but man, I love Grassroots as an album. Like my favorite Three Eleven album all the way as an album is Grassroots, and most of my favorite Three Eleven songs are on that tape. I would put them probably in the. C tier. I'm with you right there. I was. I'm not gonna argue. Yeah, I've even Again, been to two, three, eleven shows. I, I'm gonna say this. I, I um, with a lot of these bands, I'm gonna be like, I've heard a few songs. <laughs> like I don't listen to a lot of these bands, but uh, three eleven again. Yes, yeah, C. Yeah. They got some good songs, but I, I don't. I don't feel the heart to put them in D. There's some in here that I definitely. Yeah, will, I wouldn't. Without just a fucking doubt, because because of grassroots, because of the blue album, and because of music. Like that, for me, keeps them at way out of D. Basing this on the first three albums, they would probably be B. But because they released all the other stuff, <laughs> it, then it knocks If we were making this C. tier list in the 90s, this list would be different. Yeah, if it was 1998 right now, 311 <laughs> would be in the B zone. Yeah. It would be doing this with Dave, so he'd be pushing it even higher. He'd be like, no way, dude, S guy, S. Right. It's like. So, Rage Against the Machine, I'm guessing that's what this is. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, here's my view of Rage Against the Machine. When when Rage Against the Machine came out, it was 1992, and 10-year-old me did not understand that, you know, even though a band can, you know, it's like, it's all anti-establishment, guilty mm-hmm. parties, yep. you know what I mean, on the back, and like Flaming Monk on the cover, yeah, yeah. like, to, <laughs> you know what I mean, monk. like, it was so, it seems so anti, but then it's like, Okay, they were signed. They were given full creative freedom on a deal with a major label to release this album. Musically, I like the first album. Musically, I think the first album because it was like sonically inventive at the time, and it's mm-hmm. like rap rock, but using only band instruments, guitars only, guitar, bass, and drums only. You know what I mean? Super cool idea. The first album kind of holds up, you know. Still, like certain songs, especially, hold up, like the song "Freedom." I like the second. What's the name of the What's the name of the first album? Uh, it's self-titled "Rage Against the Machine." That's and it. the second one was the second one was "Evil Empire." Okay, that's the one I think of. So I I, I don't know if 
What, what's off of the first album? First that's album's notable? main single track was Killing in the Name of. That, oh, that song put okay. on the map. Yeah, Killing in the Name of. But then the follow-up single was Freedom. Both videos were really super good and were educational and stuff. Like, the video for Freedom talks about Leonard Peltzier, uh, who is a political prisoner right now in America. Just really, you know, even relevant nowadays stuff. They were super, you know, every song had a really precise meaning. I remember going on the Rage Against the Machine website back in the day, back in 95, 96, to, like, get meanings of, like, all the songs, and they typed out all the the meanings of, like, what each song was talking about, like, the different political struggles going on around the world. Evil Empire, more groovy. A little less metalish, but more groovish, and still pretty good. There was a couple, I think, like, throwaway tracks. But even the throwaway tracks they had made it more digestible. some kind of merit, like Tire Me. I don't, that might have been the only kind of, like, goofy ball track. But um, after a certain point, when you made the realization that it was, like, by the time Battle of Los Angeles came out, um, their third album with... Uh, Renegades of Funk and, and... No, 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 no. Renegades of Funk was on their fourth album, the Contract Obligation Completion album. <laughs> which also, yeah, anytime somebody does that shit, it's like, okay, you know what I mean? Some people do it good, some people don't do it good. They released a fucking cover album. So that's like mm-hmm. my thing. You know, sometimes that's cool. Like, I love the Spaghetti Incident by Guns N' Roses. I don't think it's on this list because they're an 80s band. But like, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't even listen to the cover album, to be honest. I was all set. But all in all... So all in all, I would probably put them in... They're inventive enough that they definitely, you know, they, they sort of were at the forefront of the commercialized version of rap rock because there was a lot of rap rock around. But the their relevance of the time and cultural relevance is more so than, like, I remember this cool riff and groove, even though the means to the end were, like, cool... Most of the songs on the first album were like four minutes long when they could have easily been two and a half and, and delivered the same message. So I don't know. I say B for B. Rage. I say B. Uh, Especially because 311 is in C. I would say Rage is at least a B. Again, I, I've heard a handful of songs, but they're all good. You know, it's like you're going to have like the long opinion and I'm going to have the short one. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but... I, I don't I don't feel either way, so I mean, personally I would I would say B or C, and since you said B, we'll we'll agree on B. Yeah, they're at least a higher tier than three eleven, at least one higher than three eleven. Oh yeah, they're better than three eleven yeah. and the Goombadolls. <laughs> if we're gonna get at that we're simplistic <laughs> with it, yes. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll start this one. Counting crows. I don't give a flying fuck for. But I, I, I heard them play... I watched a live performance uh, on one of the networks. I have a music network that plays uh, random live shows. And uh, I watched like half of their set. And their songs are not bad. But D. I, <laughs> it, to me, in, in relevance and to what I like. Are we basing this list on bands' importance or to our ourselves, whether or not we like them. I'm I'm sort of doing a mixture of both. A mixture of both. D still <laughs> still. <laughs> because some of that affects it too. Like I appreciate rage and listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't I very rarely dislike music. I mean, Counting Crows they're not bad. The songs are decent. You know, it's just it's not well, one not my type of music, and two. I haven't heard a lot of it. Yeah. And in terms of, I mean, I'd rather listen to Goo Goo Dolls than Counting Crows. Yeah, you know, um, 
for me, I think the band is like interchangeable with a lot of other bands around, mm. like the music. But the singer, I can, I can. Float you call with it like you. contemporary alternative or something? Um, it's like yeah, alternative, but like not so non-threatening and so <laughs> just like so uh, coffee house friendly. Like yeah, there's nothing really particularly um, alternative lounge. Yeah, so no, it's no. more like it's almost sort of like um, like a romance comedy music sometimes, like around here, and like sometimes you can pull off being sloppy voice over a good music, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds cool and shit, like he's being emotional and that. But in this case, it doesn't doesn't bring me there. It's just into that level of boring. Yeah, like he's not it's a Buckley or your, something yeah. where it's like. He's being all crazy, but like it's for it's it sounds good, but I don't know. It's like the strainingness of the singing and the like, yeah, and and the and the lyrics you call too. Pretentious. The lyrics too. Mr. Jones and me struck up a conversation. I want to be someone to believe. Yeah, gray is my favorite color. I felt symbolic. Who's that like voice actor? Who? He's like, wow! I don't know. Wow! (laughs) Yeah, I gotta say D. D? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Counting Crows. (laughs) Oasis? D. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Um, that guy. Yeah, the one I love, County, what do you call that? The Morning Glory song, because it's like, it's got a lot of energy. That was their first single back in like 93. I'm sure their earlier stuff is tolerable. And, uh, I just yeah, fucking... you know that story. What's the story, morning glory? Yeah, need a little time to wake up, wake up. Need a little time to wake up, wake up. Da 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 da, your mind. Yeah, what's the story, that, morning glory? Why does that sound familiar? That song kicks so much ass. That, that that song pushes. They're them. a high. They're a high D then. <laughs> and, anything on what's the story? The first style. That's like when they really kicked ass in rock. The Wonderwall, you know what I mean? Thing like I can understand why Wonderwall is a good popular song, but then it's like now it's complete there's a nonsense. joke. Like okay, the guys literally said that that song makes no sense and the lyrics just sounded cool. <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah, he was just trying to write the write the great the great pop song, and he ended up doing it. Just by schlocking it together, like yeah, like the cynical approach. Yeah. Sorry, Oasis. What are we doing, D? D. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I um, guess one one really slamming song isn't enough to push him. Out I don't. Yeah, I, I never liked them, even back in the day. Yeah. Sorry, Oasis. But what's the story, Morning Glory? So but you know what? Is that bare naked ladies is right next? To I, if I had a million dollars, I cannot I stand. But the thing is, yeah, Oasis is high enough where I would rather listen to Oasis than bare naked ladies. Oh yeah, me too. And Counting Crows, I cannot stand bare naked. Ladies. Yeah, Tears Within Tears, it goes Oasis, Counting Crows, bare naked ladies. <laughs> yeah, if we had like a sub tier. Yeah. Um, whoa, whoa. There is one good song though. Go ahead. Again, again. This is, you know, yeah, yeah. Their one song that gets them in the door a little bit for me and maybe puts them above Counting Crows and be like Oasis Bare Naked Ladies is uh, the song The Old Apartment. Broke it to the old apartment. Oh. <laughs> this is where we used 
them. I love that song, dude. <laughs> it's heavy. It rocks. It's like swagger. You know, it's talking. It's talking about breaking That's, into an old apartment dude, and right, smashing right, right, things right. up. That itself helps to bring it to a high D. That's that's it. Yeah. If it wasn't like that is a decent song, but I mean other than oh, that. Yeah. And the name of the album is I Was Born on a Pirate Ship. Re- really? Yeah, like the old game that you play where you hold your tongue and you say, I was born on a pirate ship. Uh yeah. yeah. You're born on a pile of shit. Alright, Freddy. <laughs> what do you think of Nirvana? Nirvana? Uh, no, it's kidding. Um You're like fucking F <laughs> this D but F so Nirvana so here's what I think about Nirvana overall go ahead I like In Utero as an album it's probably if I had to pick a favorite Nirvana album it would be like In Utero and then Nevermind after that and then Bleach after that um, is that in terms of release? Did Bleach, Bleach well, come actually, out after Nevermind? I, I, I think what I'm saying is like their album sucked and then they got better. And then the dude died. <laughs> okay. So, which is cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. But sucks. Like, Because you always want to say the first album's the best one. Because like, sometimes it is. A lot of cases it is. Yeah. But yeah, in Nirvana's case, I think definitely... I like a few songs off Bleach because... So Kurt Cobain was a huge fan of the Melvins. Who, by mm-hmm. the way, are still recording and playing and touring and doing all this shit, or playing at least out. The Melvins guy introduced him to one or both of the other members, or something. I could be wrong about that. But anyways, the sound on Bleach, I like. It is really good. And the songs were more like... They were less radio-ready. like uh, Not radio-ready, but they were less like... Uh, you could jam on the same riff for 16 bars, and it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like, you didn't have to add other elements and, and do stuff like that. But I like In Utero just because of the artisticness of it. That's my favorite Nirvana album. So I think, potentially, if, 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 if in the good timeline, it would be one of those things where they just keep releasing better and better shit, like, uh, all the time. And imagine what new Nirvana would sound like if he was still alive. Yeah, I feel like now, if they were still around now, they would try very hard to... It would be a struggle against, because now, like, with the production of music and how it's made, I feel like he would be, like... He would have quit doing music long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would have been You'd probably even be, like, grossed out by his own solo stuff if he were to do it. Yeah, some other way of expressing. Or something. Hey, I I like Nirvana... But the, the, to me, they're not really... They're like B, to me. Yeah, I'll have to agree, because, I yeah, Alice in Chains musically are better than Nirvana. Lyrically, way better than Nirvana. Nirvana's just angsty grunge shit. That's really all Guitar it was. Guitar playing, yeah. Jerry Cantrell could definitely blow Kurt Cobain out of the water in terms of guitar playing. Mm. Drumming, I have to give the edge to Dave Grohl, but Dave Grohl is just on his own like he he would be famous no matter what i think mm. um you know he just so happened to be a nirvana we'll, we'll get to foo fighters i'm sure foo fighters is on this list but yeah i put nirvana and b I yeah think b. b is just perfectly dandy b rocking matchbox 20. B, I, uh, I said i don't know if i've ever been there that, that's like late that's 99 right 98 99 like right at the tail end of the 90s. yeah these guys barely count as a 90s band 
And especially since Rob... They barely count as a band. ...got his most famous song... <laughs> D. ...doing <laughs> solo. I, Sorry. The thing that people know him for that I know of is Smooth, which came out in 99. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, yourself or someone like you came out in, like, the, yeah, like, mid to late 90s. Yeah, Light 105. Oh, yeah. I want to push you around. The only thing funny about Rob Thomas is that he was on, uh... He was on some show with Sinbad, and somebody was having a bad dream. Was it Always Sunny in Philadelphia or something like that? Like, super, like, way... Like, basically, he is not a pretentious character. It's so smooth. Yeah, you know, he's he's not a snob. Yeah, like, he actually takes himself with a little humor. You know what I mean? Like, Name got emotion that I have from you. Yeah, he played himself. He's like, I'm here. No, oh, I know what it is. Somebody, somebody in the show, somebody got knocked out, and then they they had some dream that, like, basically he was stuck in a warehouse, but he thought the warehouse was a mental hospital, and it was Rob Thomas and Sinbad, and Sinbad is like threatening him all the time. He's like playing the tough guy or whatever, okay. you know. And then Rob Thomas is like this like squirrely like sidekick in the background. And he's like, be careful! I'll stick Rob Thomas on you. And he's like. <laughs> Like that. It's like super funny. And it made me like be like, all right, Rob Thomas at least is a cool guy. Like at least he's got a sense of humor and it's funny. But yeah, I I don't like Matchbox twenty. D. Yeah, it should be Matchbox nineteen. Offspring. This is gonna be another case of they were so great at the beginning and then they just turned a complete joke at the end. Oh my god, yeah. Fun fact, Smash was the biggest selling um, indie rock, or not indie rock, but basically not major label album because Epitaph at the time wasn't a major label mm-hmm. release for a long time because it sold like mega millions of copies and crazy shit. And that is a good album. But I read a magazine article one time saying that like he's like, oh, here comes uh, Dexter Holland wearing a germ shirt, like in the video for Self Esteem. And uh, that video for Self Esteem cost more to make than the germs spent making that album. Like that is on his shirt, uh, which is considered like one of his influences, probably. Because okay. it was, you know, MTV was loving that shit, and they played the self esteem video and the Gotta Get Away. They play Gotta Get Away every five fucking seconds, yeah. Yeah, there's a sound sample for you. Um, so it's like that the Smash album definitely keeps them out of the D tier but what's what is on Ixnay on the Ombre half of that album oh really fucking sucks. pretty fly for a white guy yeah pretty fly for a freaking white guy sucks shitty that's thong. like that's like Nookie and then Americana sucks Nookie it's like yeah, the, it's, it's like that moment they were like where they come out with this goof song that just completely like what the fuck happened yeah and anything afterward like they have like they 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 have their own brand of liquor and shit like it's so corporate and such bullshit dude Limp Biscuits on non-punkness we got a lot to go through here <laughs> yeah. this is gonna be epic yeah but, no, uh, like it's just like the flaming skull like shut up yeah shut sh- <laughs> <laughs> the guy's white spiky hair yeah come on the dreads were cool the self esteem video is fucking cool like yeah. that's what keeps him out of D tier is the smash album and the self-esteem video in general. Because that is, like, when that came out, I was like, this is fucking way cooler than Green Day right now, dude. Because at the time, too, it was... <laughs> 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 I'm sitting there on this list, too. 
I heard a whole podcast about Green Day, actually. Um, songs that influenced the 90s or something like yep. that. And it was Basket Case. And, but he did a whole history of Green Day, too. It was really fascinating. Hmm. Um, but then when I saw the self-esteem video, I was like, you know what? This is my shit, man. This is my fucking Rolling Stones to their Green Day Beatles. Yeah. Like, I like this fucking shit, dude. Yeah. And the self-esteem video, that's one of the best, like, punk, like, 90s, like videos of the time and it's nothing but them just throwing edgy at the camera and like so what was the name, what was the name of the tricks. album they had it was called there not was, the very first one well they had a self-titled album and they had um a few like semi-popular songs on that one but then after self-titled came smash smashes okay so yeah. after smash was ixnay on the ombre okay and then americana which is why don't you get a job and all that bullshit What's the name of the song that was popular on the on the third album then? Not not pretty fly for a white guy. And it feels yeah. and it feels like heaven's on my way. Which yeah. is not a bad song. No, it wasn't. Song. I like that yeah, song. That's not too bad. That's when he cut his hair off and he was all like singing into a light bulb. Yo, in the ba- <laughs> <laughs> in the basement, the fucking light bulbs and like yeah. it's all dingy and he's. Yeah, man. It's like, this is the late 90s. Okay, so we're going to have a lot of fucking C's. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to say C. C, for sure. If it wasn't for Smash, they wouldn't even... They wouldn't. They're, they got the early about. pedigree there. Smash the early got stuff. There. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a kick-ass album. That's one of the most kick-ass, like... That, like, Dookie fucking Smash, you know, there was that moment in 94... Where it was when like these bands a lot first of came albums. out, they had some decent. Rancid Let's Go was in '94. It was a good year for like breakout albums. No doubt. No doubt. Oh boy. Let's see. I all right. I'll start. Okay. I'll, I'll say I, I like the very old. No doubt. This is another case of bands because they changed every release. It got more and more pop to the point where she just left the fucking band. And became a pop star. Yeah. So it's like that very first No Doubt album. Was Return of Saturn the second? The third? Because they had another one before. Was it? A- they had a self-titled, which that's the cover of. And then they had their second Tragic album, Kingdom. Tragic Kingdom. Third and album was... Return to Saturn? Yeah, probably. Okay, there was maybe one or two songs that I liked. But that first, that second album, Tragic Kingdom, I thought was great. Like eighty percent of the tracks yeah, on that. I album. remember. I like "Excuse Me, Mister" because it sounded kind of fast and carnivalish. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. And I'll even listen to "Don't Speak" and stuff, and that was pretty good too. Yeah. It "Don't Speak" is an excellent song, though. Come yeah. on, it's it's a, such a good song. Yeah. Spiderwebs I, I is fun. Yeah. That was my song message on the message answering machine of a tape where you record on the tape and people call and then it says. Sorry, I'm not on right now. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it took me a while to figure out what the fuck was happening. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> because it was, it was so such a lo-fi recording. Like, yeah. It was like, and I probably had the boombox too far away. But no doubt C or B-ish. I'll, I'll let you be the decider. Well, I think D, so I guess then it's Whoa. C. Because I think it's D. I'm not really into any of it. I think um, I like you know, like like I said I like a chunk I, of that I can one album. Even on it, they are less good. We'll do C than the up. So, but yeah, we'll be in the middle. Stick them in there, yeah. It just because does just because that one out. I just like their 
Yeah. Vigor, if you will. They had a good vibe. Yeah. Ska, ska was it's, it's really around. like it's clever and fun, and she's it's a good a cool singer. Voice. Yeah. You know, they got some good songs on there, but that one album, everything else, you know, I got a question mark on that. But again, she became, you know, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Gwen Stefani yeah. I wonder what the rest of the band's doing. But anyway, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Chili Peps. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? <sighs> I'm gonna say see and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Again, I like a handful of their songs, some of their early stuff, but I listened to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, is that the name of the album? Yes. I listened to that in its entirety not that long ago and I could not gel with any of it. Really? Oh my god. I don't know why. I just because maybe my my, my taste shifted so hard I just I can't digest any of it. Yeah. It's alright, but Wow, we're pretty far apart on this band. All right, go ahead. I would put them in the B tier, at least. All right. At least beer, if not... If beer. Beer. Uh, if not A, if not... I mean, like, if... I'm because, sorry. Like, yeah, this is the first time me and you were, like, polar in that. Yeah. So, like, Blood Sugar Sex Magic was one of those pivotal albums of my childhood. And, like, when those songs came out, give it away, give it away, give it away, now, nah, like, like, it was, like, funky and crazy and wild and like definitely some some they call it coding now or something but i thought my lovely man was a gay love song and i was like this is really awesome as a kid <laughs> you're like this you know is so mean? gay it's the first time i've ever heard a man singing about how he loves another man and in a nice tender way not a, not a raunchy way mm -hmm. you know and my lovely man is still probably my number one favorite red hot chili pepper song of all time and it was, yeah, it was very early, how do you say, like, uh, acknowledgement. And there's a lot of sort of things that feel very gay on that album. <laughs> okay. um, and it was like... Well, I mean, look at the way they used to perform good. and shit. Yeah, they put like, socks on their dicks. <laughs> yeah. Socks on the dock and the all socks on the dong. Getting those, those young feelings all stirred up. Yeah, like their earlier stuff too, like very, um, very unique and funky and everything. I I just forgot. I had Tiny Music, and I bought that the exact same day that I got Dookie. Oh wait, do you mean I, One Hot Minute? Because Tiny Music is uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Oops! Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yes, One Hot Minute. Yeah, which I had I Tiny even Music like that too. Album. Some of the songs on that one are really good too. I like I'm a little pee. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a that's such a joke song, but like yeah, yeah it's, it's, but it's all written by Flea, so it's all funky, and the bass is like like it's oh man, so, it's got a groove, even though it's all yeah. right, C or C or B. I mean, did I say D? I mean, that that's a little harsh, but I will accept. <laughs> no, it's kidding. Yeah, but no. No, you, C, you can accept whatever you. C can. is good because you know, like there is also the part that is sort of like the light 105 you know and i can understand like as you're getting older the first time i was sort of like oh red hot chili peppers is when it was like i like pleasures back with pain oh, and music oh, and then my friends are so depressed dude i liked roller coaster though yeah yeah <laughs> but that is a cover but it yeah. is a cover yeah, yeah. I, I liked roller coaster they did a good roller coaster it, it's yeah. fun but uh, I saw that first of the Beavis and Butthead movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's when they did that. They, they they totally coincided that perfectly. But yeah, they actually on the Beavis and Butthead experience, they do a cover of Iggy Pop Search and Destroy, hmm. uh, which is awesome. The Hey Oh shit, I, I'm, I'm not down with. You know, yeah, their their later hey stuff just. Uh, uh, yeah, because yeah. eventually, like, you get sort of like, are we gonna do music that's 
our age, you know, and sort of settle down? Are we going to try and be 20 forever? And be like, suck my kiss! Like when you're like 60, you know? And some people can do that, and some people don't care. Like like Mick Jagger, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to be doing this shit until I'm 100,000 years old. So yeah, C's good. C's C's good. good. Yeah. Incubus. Incubus. Um, I don't have any real history with them. I only know like a few songs. That's it. So I could go anywhere. I can go C, D. I mean, I'm not going to go any higher, but... I feel like this is one of the <laughs> bands anywhere. where a lot of their songs that I would have loved to hear on the radio didn't make it to the radio, like the song Nebula uh, and their heavier, faster stuff. What we instead got was... Yeah, their earlier stuff was like... tomorrow brings Their earlier stuff was a lot heavier. Yeah. Right? I never heard any of it, so I can't... Yeah. I'm sure it's good. <laughs> like, I mean... The first album, I guess, is like really... Uh, it's. I think it was Enjoy Incubus or Science. I think, yeah, Enjoy Incubus and then Science. Both of those albums were actually, they had their fair share of heavy songs. Kind of like Sugar Ray, um, where like most of that album was heavy, but you'd never know it. Yeah, oh, Sugar Ray on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, they are. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, Incubus, yes. I, would, I would put probably in a... In a C tier category, C like, D or D, yeah, I wouldn't mind them being in D. D, especially that's fine. They're leaning more toward peppers and C. This was right uh, in the middle between C and D, but just like creeps down below the yeah. line. The song "Drive," I don't like it, and I also don't like. Um, Part of me is a pretty good song. Um, pretty good. Pearl Jam. Gerald Pam. Gerald Pam. Dude, when I first saw Pearl Jam, I yeah, was man. like, before I was able to ejaculate, I was, <laughs> okay. I saw them on MTV, uh, but my brain ejaculated. Because it was like, it was like, right, right as 10 was being released. I think 10 had just gotten released in 91, because I was about to start school. It showed like Eddie Vedder, and he was all like, wow, like freaking out. And then he throws the mic down on the stage, and I was like, this is fucking cool. And I was, that <laughs> juiced me the fuck up. And I went and bought Pearl Jam 10 on tape. Okay. It was one of the first tapes that I bought, like for myself with my own money in a tape store, taking that shit out, smelling the cover. That's one of the classic tapes of my life, Pearl Jam 10. And then Versus came out, and I was like, holy shit, because Versus is really good too. You know, they did have, like, one of their... their starting to get, like, uh, pop recognition for the song Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town. You know, they went, I've seen recognize yep. your face. God, a lot of those bands all sound the same. Yeah, they all tried to basically... After Eddie Vedder said, like, they all tried copying Eddie Vedder in a little bit of a way. Sometimes. I can tell they're, they're a very good band. I can tell that. You know, like they got a good chemistry, they got a decent sound, but I just don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll let you decide which tier this goes on. I would probably definitely put him in the B. Okay. At least. All right. You know, I can respect it. And um, because, like, I lost him at Vitology and Better Man. That was that was my my Pearl Jam loss area was Better Man. Okay. Oh man, that Red Hot Chili Peppers. Saginaw. Like, yeah. What do you mean? You want me to put Red Hot Chili Peppers up? I don't know, though. Let me think about it. Alright, no, we can always come back. That's fine. I'm going to say this, though. Fuck Hole. 
<laughs> um, oh yeah. I'm, I'm putting it in D for now, and I'll let you. I'll let you be the decider, but. I'm, I'm I'm leaning pretty friggin' low on Hole. I never liked Hole. I never liked Courtney Love. So that's that. Um, I like the cover of Gold Dust Woman, though, they did on the Crow soundtrack. I first heard Hole in Wakefield Mall. They had, like, a tape world or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went in there to buy, I think it was um, In Utero, actually, by Nirvana. Um, but it was like you know the next year Hole Live Through This had already came out and they were playing that over the store PA Live Through This the the first song Violet which is a fucking awesome song Uh, and most of that album is really good the Live Through This album um, I like it you know the Gold Dust Woman cover is uh, probably because Gold Dust Woman no I am a Fleetwood Mac like fan and Gold Dust Woman is definitely not one of my favorite. I think because I like so much other different Fleetwood Mac songs, Gold Dust Woman is kind of low on my Fleetwood Mac song. I just like the cover that they did of it. I mean, yeah. And I like Fleetwood. I'm going to just chime in here and say Fleetwood Mac's excellent. But, I mean, all right. So, I mean, I put Hole in D, but, you know, if you re- you know, I'll let you decide whether or not you want to shift yeah, no, the location. That's okay. I, I think that's okay. I mean, all right. Hole or Red Hot Chili Peppers? Hole or Goo Goo Dolls? Red Hot Chili Peppers over Hole. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. All these, I take over Hole. Um, I mean, I, I'm biased because I just hate her. So. Well, I would actually, let's see. I would take Hole over, no doubt. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I can't allow that to move. <laughs> it has to say, in, it, I, because seeing No Doubt and Hole in the same line, oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt can be a low C. But, okay. Uh, live. I love live. I still have a big chunk of their collection. <clears throat> Secret Samadhi is absolutely fucking excellent. Yeah, I like Throwing Copper, the album. There's some songs off of that one. Oh, and I, I Alone. When I saw I Alone, I was rocking to that when the video came out. That's a good song. I Alone, love you. Yeah. Dude, have you heard Secret Samadhi? A little. You should. Recommendation is listen to Secret Samadhi all the way through. It is, it's an excellent rock album. Okay. Um, Throwing Copper, handful of songs that I like. Then there was that album, I forgot what the fuck it was called. Yeah, and the Dolphins Cry. And then there was number. There was five, which is one where he raps on it. And I don't like really any. And I mean, it's probably a handful of songs. Like, and when I say handful, I mean like one or two that I like on that album. But I like live. So I'm gonna say C or B. They're not A or S because yeah. I'm not in love with them. So far, we have nothing on S, which is fine. I'll let you. Let's see. Direct uh, this icon and where it should go. How about C? Mm, why? Uh, well, they're not quite a, they're not quite on Pearl Jam level, I would say. Um, I'd say they're right fucking on the line of Pearl Jam. Where's Pearl Jam? B. B. Yeah. See, I I would see them right next to Pearl Jam. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll I'll live with that. Oh man, this this can make or break relationships. <laughs> 
See, you're. I, I, guess, I just hate to see them above uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're not too familiar with a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, we have the same. We're on the same <laughs> issue back and forth because you'll be like, oh, you'll highly praise a band I've only heard like three songs on. We can always come back. Foo Fighters. The Foofs. I liked I Stick Around when it first came out, then that first album in general, but I Stick Around. Even the, even the like, Big Me and, like, the Futos. <laughs> yeah. Thing, that was pretty cool. They're I, definitely, like, the big rock band, you know, like, where there's not a lot of, you know, hip-hop is, like, more of the dominant musical form in terms of mainstream commercial success and what you see on TV and ads and what pop music tries to sound like and everything. Mm-hmm. But they're like the one of the the rock bands of the twenty first century that's like still doing it and still like. They're still it. their newer songs are still awesome. Yeah. I listened to his first album, which was funny enough, was created basically with an eight track. He did it all himself and then was remastered, re released uh, yeah. as the full album. So basically, you're hearing mostly him. Nice. But that that's a not only that, but Color and the Shape is pretty freaking decent. Yeah. And that's another one of those I need to hear it again. It's my karaoke like one of my karaoke picks of all time to sing is Everlong. That is like a surefire hit on karaoke. Cuz like you don't need a hell of a range to sing it. Dude, monkey wrench. It's good. That, that's what got my juices flowing, being in a rock band in the 90s. I remember like really liking this band. Yeah. To me, Foo Fighters is A. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. You know, especially He's good based shit. On, yeah, they're all good. All these factors and the fact that they're now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something, right? Or yeah, Game man. Or at least is. So Foo Fighters, you get an A. Yay. Green Day. Are we going to get any S's? I don't know. I don't, I don't so. know. We, we can make an adjustment because we, we're following, you know, like... Yeah. We'll, we'll see at the end. At we the might end, make yeah. a change because we'll, it, it's going to be basically a review of A tier and then deciding what needs to go up. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, because it's going to be a lot of A. Okay, what is this next one? Green, green Day. Day. Green Day. My favorite Green Day albums in order are Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, American Idiot, and... I don't really bother with anything. I else. never heard American Idiot. I've heard uh, the other. It's pretty good. Yeah, American Idiot is a concept album, so all the tracks are like they're related. Like it's, it's meant a story. To be, uh, yeah. Interesting. I and, didn't know that. Yep. And there's two songs on that album that are over nine minutes long. So, really? Like yeah, it is very operatic, almost like a movie musical quality type thing. Like. Jesus of Suburbia, I think, clocks in at like nine minutes. It's in like, and then there's some other song that's in like multiple like movements and shit. Like it's very much their, their big time, big stage show production. They maybe somehow even knew it was gonna end up on Broadway somehow. And it was also their most like political, like serious business type thing. You know, talking about George Bush and like all that stuff. It was pretty good. You know, Dookie was like the, you know what I mean, the culture shift album. But American Idiot was still quite kick-ass. And they were like, hey, we, we might be from the 90s, but we're also from the 2000s. Green Day's better than Offspring. <laughs> That's how I see this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Green Day's B. They are good. Yeah, but I, I haven't heard anything anything later. 
Warning, live with that warning. Mm, I hate that shit. That was on, was that on Nomad? The album is called Warning. Oh, the album is called Warning? Yeah. Nimrod. Nimrod. I keep uh, thinking Nomad. It's Nimrod. Nimrod had like this song, Trust Fund Kid or something like that, uh, which was pretty good. And then Walking Contradiction might have also been on Nimrod. Wait, I think I liked that song. Yeah, Walking Contradiction is a good song. Were they walking on a treadmill during the video? And they were throwing all these things on the treadmill that they were stepping over and shit. Maybe, yeah. It was like... Dookie, you know what I like about Dookie is all the hits are, like, backloaded. Like, the first three tracks, it goes goes four tracks before... You mean it's just hit, 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 like all... Well, no, it goes... It it takes a while before you start hearing the hits. And so, like, the the first track is... um, some other song that they didn't play on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the first three or four songs are not radio songs. And then they play... Uh, it's got a big booty. Some, like, Basket Case. The album has seven. a nice big, big rump. Because it's, yeah. like, it's all heavy in the low end. Yeah, yeah, all the hits come out and towards the end. Seven tracks, seven, eight, nine. Hmm. Um, you know, that's when you have your Basket Case and your Welcome to Paradise. I remember uh, the day I bought Nuki, I went out and got it. And I, I was with... Uh, a friend and we went to shop at a few places and we went to the music store that was down is down near the beaches and uh there's that plaza over there and there's a music really nice music place in there but they had dookie and i'm like oh man i've always wanted to hear this i bought it and i remember the ride home just staring at that album cover while I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just looking at all the like the little arts, you know, because it's like this Weir's Waldo image in the front. There's so much stuff to look at. I'm just hearing the music just like crank away. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty, pretty great experience. Yeah. That was one of the first, like, I don't know what it, it was. There's something powerful about that album it just sucks you in the moment you start listening to it. Yeah. Definitely. Another one I need to hear again. That it's been a long ass time. Okay, so Green Day. I would say B. I agree. Yeah. Blues Traveler. Um, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> They're like uh, right on the line of with Counting Crows and Bare Naked Ladies. And it, I mean, I don't know if that fits in the same kind of genre, but I mean, they're. Yeah. It's like uh, too little, too slow contemporary fucking nineties for me to absorb. I, guess. I think Blues Traveler are a bunch of really good musicians, and nothing against any of these bands, and unless it's Hole, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're all talented. <coughs> Fred Durst, um, Durst, Durst. So like, um, yeah, two of their songs I like is Run Around and Hook. I like the groove and the sound and the and the delivery of the song hook, but I think the lyrics are stupid, because what the entire song is about is about how you can write a song about anything, and as long as it's got a good chorus and people will listen to it, you can be as dumb as you want because people are dumb and they'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that opinion sucks now. Like it might have been a cool opinion to have in the mid-90s and early 90s, like, yeah, man, I could just say anything and write a song about being able to write a song about anything mm-hmm. and then insult people's intelligence and they'll still listen to it. Like, that's a very, like, 90s, snarky, prove you're a smart-ass thing to Dude, do. there's a lot of artists that write nonsensical and, uh, lyrics in their songs. They just mm. come up with something that sounds cool and they're like, whatever. 
Yeah. Like I said, Noel Gallagher did the same thing with Wonderwall. It was like nonsensical yeah. shit. I heard, yeah, I heard most of uh, In Utero, speaking of that one, was written in the studio immediately, just on the spot. Dave Grohl said, like, you know, I'd like to, like, agree with the sentiments that Kurt was such an amazing genius fucking writer and everything, but I literally saw him, like, on heroin, scrawling all these things on a napkin, like, a minute before they were recorded. But uh, Blues Traveler. D. I mean, D. D, yeah. <laughs> yeah. High five, D. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Bush. Shrub. I like early Bush. Their later stuff Bush. is very heavy. Like, I heard a handful of their newer songs, and it's like, who the fuck's this? And I look at the, the my phone, this is Bush, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. They, they got, like, heavy. Not, like, screaming, but, I mean, it's just, like, they... He's like, my wife's a fucking pop star! <laughs> but, uh, 16 and Razorblade Suitcase are classics. I love those two albums. Yeah. Um, like, I was mentioning this to you before... Like, I did a re-listen to all their earlier stuff, and it's just, like, completely forgot how good they actually are. And, like, their music was so much, like, deeper than I gave them credit for back in the day. There was a thing where it was like you were hearing a lot of just grunge, and the grunge was just loud and angsty, and, like, it kind of blended together. Even back then, when we were, we were hearing it for the first time, it's just, like, a lot of this music kind of flows into each other it's like it's very similar yeah but this band is like now that i hear it now like i can hear what they were actually creating because the shit was just going over my head back in the day because you know well me me in add like i have difficult paying attention to what i'm listening to but the most part i would like the music i wouldn't really hear the lyrics you know but now i've been able to pay attention a lot more you know my older age so like when i hear that stuff it it rings to me a little differently Mm. Those first two albums are good, solid. Alex Epstein Stone. But their later stuff, Golden Age, Science of Things. I had Science of Things. I've only listened to two or three times. I ended up getting rid of it. I don't know why. There was like maybe one or two songs on that album that that I liked, and I haven't heard anything since. All rolled into one here is that I have a newer appreciation for Old Bush now, and I I would put them A or B. I think it's a little high. B. I don't know. I mean, I'm not freaking head over heels. My, you know? my snap judgment would have been C, to be honest. Really? Yeah. But uh, just because of, like... I like 16 Stone, but when Razorblade Suitcase first came out, I don't remember being as excited about it as I was about 16 Stone. No, I was... I was you like, know, just yeah, because it was, like, the sequel. Why well, I think know, this like... album has, has kind of messed up that album for me, Oh, too, no. Because I listened to that episode and and they like pick a thing like they do the song by song and like read the lyrics out like just like plain lyric like reading like to like try and figure out what it means and stuff and it's, uh, it it's nonsensical yeah <laughs> but well, that's um, the thing with poetry sometimes it's meant to be kind of vague but it's like yeah. there's this vague lazy and then this vague intentional yeah not not not, you know, yeah. not not to not to you know give Bush all this credit because I I don't you know I don't know them you know like I haven't read deeply into the lyrics, but I still find like at least those first two albums to be pretty good. So you say A or B, right? Or we can go B. If you want to go C, fuck it. I don't give a shit. It's just a list. It's gonna get deleted when I close. I'll it. take a Bush B if if Red Hot Chili Peppers can be a B too. 
sure. Okay. Because <laughs> we're best buds. Yay. Uh, oh, that's um Dave Matthews Band. Dave Matthews Band. I got to talk about what happened. Did you know what happened with the Dave Matthews Band when they were touring and drove over a bridge? So what happened was... They, Wait, I, I, they dumped their shit out of the side of <laughs> Yes! <laughs> and it landed on a boat full of tourists, and they had to pay all their medical bills. That's fucked. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It's like, how stupid are you? Like, did they must have opened it and then walked away, not realizing there was, what, was it ferry or some shit? I that think was they passing were in them. driving. Like, they were on the bridge driving. And they oh, I thought slammed. they pulled over to the side of the bridge to let it out. Maybe so, maybe so, maybe so. No, yeah. they can't do that when they're driving. Yeah, that's shit like a horse race. Like, race horse. They'd just be blasting shit out going down the side of the road. Ugh. That's awesome. That's dumb, but fucking awesome. Anyway. Yeah. They were really, and I saw a video called Under the Table and Drumming, which is by the drummer of Dave Matthews Band, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. And like, a bunch of <laughs> You say Under the Table and Drumming? Yeah. That's the name of the video. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. All right, so I'll just, uh, the Before These Crowded Streets was the only album I've ever heard and I owned because I liked, uh, don't drink the water. That's the name of the song. Yeah, and the whole album is. The, yeah, he gets all crazy. Don't drink the water. But the album is just—it's like, it has like this like real kind of like earthy jazz feel to the music, and I, I like that. And I I listened to that album a lot back in the day, but I haven't heard anything since. My mom had was a crash. Oh yeah. Was that the name of the album? Into me, yeah. She used to play that occasionally. And I remember giving her, like, before these crowded streets and be like, oh, well, maybe you'll like that she never listened to it. But then, like, years later, like, literally just a few years ago, I gave her before these crowded streets because I found a copy of it. She's like, oh, I've never heard this. And I'm like, I gave it to you back in the day (laughs) to listen to, and you never... But, uh, yeah, she likes Dave Matthews. I like Dave Matthews. I don't love them. But I think they're pretty good. Yeah, my favorite is Under the Table. I like Satellite. And uh, probably, um, what would you say? Was Crash before Under the Table? No, Under the Table was the first one. Then and Crash. Ants Marching was their big single off that one. Ants Marching, What Would You Say, and um, and Satellite. And then Crash came out with Crash being the That single. had all like the big radio hits. Yeah, but I first heard them on the radio. What Would You Say was pretty, pretty well played on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say? Ants marching. What's another big like uh, one? You know that one? Dun, 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 um, yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm into the DMB. You know, it's, they're they're a good band. Like it's. I'd say A or B. That's me. Yeah. Um, B. B. Okay. Yeah, because we both. I mean, like I said, I've I've only heard one album all the way through multiple times. That's it. They're a good, so talented like, band, but I'm not. I don't have any emotional connection to them. I'm just oh, like, I don't these either. These guys are really good at music. Kick ass. No. They're better at music than a lot of these other bands, just by being talented at music. <laughs> Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Go ahead. You start. 
Okay, I liked them most when they were groovy and heavy, i.e. the Gish era. So my favorite song is Siva off of Gish. There are multiple Smashing Pumpkins songs with double guitar solos. That's one of the things that will like notch a song up, in my opinion. There's a few things, like key changes or any kind of modulation in the song is, mm-hmm. is, is one thing. You know my opinion on key changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like them, but I mean, that's me. <laughs> it depends on how they're placed. It yeah. really depends. But when bands are playing the chorus and then they just shift key change in the middle, I'm like, oh, why? You know, like, I don't know. That's me. But uh, this one, yeah, double guitar solo. It's like the the loud, quiet dynamics, the groove, especially the groove, because something something happened in the melancholy where the groove was absent, much less groovy and much more something else. Gish, which was like <clears throat> groovy and heavy, and then you had Siamese Dream, which was like a little less heavy, still pretty groovy but a little more swaying than groove. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Today is a great, you know, and um, everything. Uh, that honey, let me out. You know, very sway, swaying more than just straight up like groove. My favorite era of them still is, will always be, I think, the Gish era. Adore very much lost me. Anything yeah. where he doesn't have hair. I'm just, like, not down. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's, I, like, uh, I'm sorry. I just recently got into purpose. melancholy. I mean, not, not just recently, but a few years ago. <clears throat> I just got an appreciation for it. I really like melancholy. Um, and I have the zero single that I've heard. I haven't heard many. I heard um, Adore. I heard that. I owned it. I probably only listened to it once or twice. I don't remember any of the songs on it. We and then I listened to it was Oceana or something. Was something yeah. released in the early two? Like that. I don't. For some reason, none of that gelled with me at all. I, I need to hear it again. But actually, you know, it's funny. When I first heard, I think the title track of that album, Oceana, they played it on BRU, and that's another double guitar solo song. And that song does rock. Like they, they still definitely can rock, mm-hmm. which is good. Some bands would just hang that shit up completely, but I think the Smashing Pumpkins can still definitely kick ass. Uh, well, one thing, I just miss the grooveness. One thing about um, Melancholy that I, I like is there's a variety to it, because they sound like a mixture of new songs, B-sides, and live tracks. It just sounds that way, because it's like there's a variety, like they were just piecemealing a whole bunch of recordings they had together. I like the array of the sounds in it because this one song can sound completely different from the next one, just the way the album flows. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. There's just there's a lot of great songs on that album. For me, she I mean, very much I would album. say Smashing Pumpkins would be in the B region. But yeah, I was thinking that too. That was my instinct. All right, well, we'll do Smashing Pumpkins B. on B. And this is Cranberries, I think. Cranberries. It just okay. says Inber. Mber. Yeah, it looks like the cranberries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gotta be cranberries. I know nothing. I know zombie. Okay. That's it. That's I, fucking it. I, I know mean. linger first. Oh yeah. Um, do you have to linger? Which was a really good song. There's this girl on TikTok that covers that song. That's also a really good cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to like. I actually have a video with the song on it on my TikTok at McZona, which is a spinning globe. And it plays that song in the background, the cover of Linger. Yeah, then next was Zombie. 
and uh, Ode to My Family. Does anyone care? Does anyone care? <laughs> so, yeah, the zombie one was pretty, like, kind of good. I kind of got into that. And the video was a little bit intense, you know, and it was a little like that was. It's all like, right. Like, I don't rock love moment. the song, but yeah. Um, but overall, I don't know. I would put them no. I would put them probably in C. Because I can get down with that. Aside from I haven't like heard the enough. singles, like, I don't know much of any, you know. So and, maybe yeah. that's the plus with some, some like Spotify. You can just be like. I want to listen to this band and just see, you know, like listen to an album or two. Yeah, go back and hear stuff that maybe you didn't quite hear before. Yeah, because I only, I only know like two of their songs. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. But, uh, um, well, Weezer. Weezer, the W. I'll start with, I, I like them. I've heard some songs, but I'm not too fluent in Weezette. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, Weezies. Yeah, Weezies. <laughs> so, I mean, their earlier stuff, um, like the Blue Album era, you know, is, is, is decent. I have nothing against them. I don't know. The, their later stuff really hasn't hit me at all. I mean, like I mentioned this to you, they did the, the Toto cover of Africa, and it's like verbatim to the original song. And it's like, why did they, couldn't they add a little bit more of their flair? Yeah, like they're, to sound like their band covering it instead of trying to make it sound like the original, which is like, I'd rather just hear the original. But, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a mix here. I'll let you be the decider. I'm not, not D. Definitely not D. No, no. I like, all right, so I like the Blue Album. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Blue Album is like a, one of those crucial albums of growing up. Like the time, and the, you just hear the beginning. My name is John. Oh my god, dude! You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that whole album is classic, front to back, side to side, up and down, like perfect. And like it was also at the time when grunge was like very grungy, and we were still kind of in the midst of like this fuzzy, cloudy, grungy, dirty sound and everything. And here they come with this clean thing and these like, you know, harmonizing vocals, and they're all on the cover looking all nerdy and (laughs) shirts tucked in and stuff, you know. And then like the Buddy Holly thing and all that stuff. So it was like a breath of fresh air. And it wasn't quite like Green Day punk, you know. It was more like uh, it was alternative music. It was real fucking it's like, alternative music, like nineties, uh, eighties rock. Like if they were from the eighties, like that's how they would have been in the nineties. Well, it's kinda. yeah, because Rick Ocasek produced that first album too, and Rick Ocasek was in the Cars. Ooh, um, and nice. So the keyboard stuff, you know, all that. Rick, that's yeah. like a lot of Rick Ocasek. Uh, it influence. has like a classic feel to the music in a time where things were like very rough yeah you know, musically yeah it was it was classic but also new you know at the same time same thing like because it was like the counterpoint to the grunge so yeah very, very awesome and then like Pinkerton I know is getting shit on left and right everywhere by people now and it has not stood up the test of time you know understandably because of some of the lyrics and stuff like that and um but as far as the just when when you're talking about the sound of it, some people say it sucks because they self-produced the album, but I think that it sounds better because they self-produced the album. It's not the blue album, and it doesn't need to be the blue album. 
it is rawer than the Blue album. That's the first track just kicks it right the fuck off, right? Because you have track one of the Blue, doodly 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 do, and then you have track one of Pinkerton, where it's like wee a bunch of feedback, and then it's like clang 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 clang. <laughs> so, uh, the too much sex. I'm having too much sex. Mm-hmm. Tired of having sex or something like that. That song fucking rocks. I think it's like probably. If I had to pick a favorite Weezer song, like one Weezer song to take with me on a, on a desert island, it might be Tired of Sex. That fucking song rocks. Cool. Such a good intro. And then it gets right into the next track that gets you. Uh-huh. It goes... This is beginning to hurt. It's like so raw and just in your fucking face. That shit is rock and roll. Okay. Like, like musically, rock and fucking roll. Like... But it has been coming under fire lately because of, like, it's basically he's talking about young girls in a creepy way a lot. And he's making problematic statements about, um, like, gay, lesbian, talking about um, sort of racial fetishization sometimes with the Japanese women. And he was sort of creeping on Japanese girls in real life, maybe, allegedly, when he was writing the music and all that. There are certain songs that are uncomfortable to listen to, like the Pink Triangle a little bit. Overall, that album, you like, is mostly raw rock, kick-ass shit. You see, me, you, I've, I've heard just a, a few tracks. You've, you've actually had in-depth review of yeah. many releases. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, I've li- and I've listened to the Green Album, Green Album with Hashpipe, because this was, like, a thing. He got pissed off. You know, he's like, I'm never going to put my soul on an album like this again, you know, and stuff. Green is, like, the slick return to, like, we're going to be a commercial band. <laughs> MTV has five has five. MTV, yeah, MTV oh money, 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 money. God. And then... <laughs> and what's funny, to- remember I told you this, Toto covered Hashpipe. Oh, they, really? they covered yeah. Africa, so it was, like, a trade of covers. That's awesome. I know, it is. Alright, I give it to Toto. That's a good choice. Good choice. And then I've liked a smattering of songs off the other albums. So Make Believe, I like Perfect Situation. I think it was Maladroit is the song Keep Fishing, where it's like, uh, Duh, in love with someone else. And he, they made a video of that song with the Muppets, which kicks ass. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the video for Keep Fishing by Weezer, it's good. Um, the Red Album has Pork and Beans. I like that song, even though it's a dumbass fucking song. It's better than Beverly Hills because they they have made a song that I hate. And, like, it's it's hard for me to just straight out hate a song, you know? I do have a healthy, fat list of songs that I hate, but it's not nearly as many as the songs that I just find neutral or love. Um, but I fucking hate Beverly Hills. I don't even care if it's trying to be, what do you call it, uh, ironic, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's shit like, I don't even care. Nope. Screw Beverly Hills. But the song Pork and Beans is really good, even though it's kind of almost as dumb as that song. I would say they've had such a long and varied career, and really having only two good albums, I would not put them up in the B cat. I would put them maybe in the C. All right. You know, like if they they had at least, I mean, they, but they, they still have like once in a while pretty good songs and stuff. Oh man, it's so hard. Because of the Blue Album, like, they, they really should be up in the B. Just because of Blue and Pinkerton alone. But it's the lasting appeal. And the, it's like, it's the everything Blue else. had such a huge, like, mark and influence. I see, th- I, 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 would, I, would, I would see Weezer above Red Hot Chili Peppers, to be honest with you. Alright, Weezer B? Weezer B, why not? Yeah. Third Eye Blind. <clears throat> 
straight up D. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, uh, I, uh, I have a, a possible. Go ahead. Counterpoint. Never heard any of the just the radio stuff, which is bad because it's like you life. just hear the at radio stuff. It's like yeah. your opinion, opinion is invalid. Well, even that song. So like the first album, it's like I think that they were deceptively. They were a little darker and dingier than their music bespoke them to be. Like that song, Semi Charm Life. That song is about making and selling meth, I believe. Okay. Um, and like some hardcore shit that happened to him in his real life. So he was basically couching these like gritty real life stories in this kind of accessible pop alternative music, uh, which is pretty cool. You know the song Graduate? Can I graduate? Gotta get my punk ass on the street. Dad, that fucking rocks. Okay. That is a great song. Probably my favorite Third Eye Blind song. That album is really good. I don't know about anything that happened after that. You know, it didn't really make any waves for me. I learned that the lead singer started a talk show on like, uh, some you know digital radio talk show um which is cool you know but that first album to me you know and like i'd be willing to go up to c <laughs> it's like i I'll still take, yeah I c still, is good because okay. yeah like honestly they had that one album and they had those like you know like handful of really good songs on that album and overall <laughs> it was good and all the nice things definitely but then after that yeah it was like basically it felt like a one-off i know they did stuff after that but me just being in, yeah. Completely. It, it I, felt like a... Post-90s, yeah. I don't even know. I didn't even, you know, they're gone to me. Yeah. I've never even freaking... So. There's so many other bands that... Gin Blossoms. You can start, because I, I can't Tomorrow think of... Tomorrow we You know, like, uh, uh... Hey, Jealousy. Hey, Jealousy. Hey, Jealousy. And then their, okay. their other hit afterwards was Until I Hear It From You. It was like uh, really all light run 05, light rock, like family friendly, work friendly music that just so happened to have guitar, bass, and drums. And so they called it alternative rock. But it was on such the light rock side of things that um, yeah. it was friendly. And yeah, I hear, I hear Gin Blossoms now on light rock radio and Oof. like supermarkets. Crazy. And doctor's offices. And the song, Hey Jealousy, I liked that song. But this was in 93, I believe that song came out, somewhere in 93 or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, the video and stuff. And I was I was jamming to it. Definitely jammed to Hey Jealousy and maybe recorded it off the radio, you know, a time or two. But it was one of the, yeah, ultimately sounds, the, the whole thing sounds very corporate. Yeah, like ready for just mass consumption and to be played in a mall. Yeah. Tame, predictable, um, yawn worthy. D or C? Uh, I would say D. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. I, I like that little song, but it's, you know, that's cool. Sometimes you have a cool little song, but it's not a song I would look back on and be like, that's so deep and meaningful now. You know what I mean? Because it means almost. It's just one of those things, like, we sound the cool alternative thing. Let's put you on MTV, man. But then we can also put you on BH1, too. Like, <laughs> they, could, they could straddle those. Of all the bands that we've looked at so far, the Gin Blossoms are the most corporate-friendly, like... Bore. Bore! Like, uh, yeah. So bore. <laughs> Moving on. Radiohead. <laughs> Radiohead. I like Radiohead. 
But I'm not in like with Radiohead. If you catch my drift. Uh, ooh. Okay. I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not even in the like with Radiohead category, so. I mean, I could take it. It's like I haven't really heard anything I dislike from the band. I think they're decent, but I don't listen to them. I've heard um, in Rainbows. Yeah, is that, that, that It was a free release that they had. This was during that period in the early 2000s where some bands were giving out free albums. Yeah, I read about that in the paper. But uh, yeah, I downloaded it and listened to it because my sister wanted it. And I thought it was all right. It's very electronic. They went from like rock to electronic like pretty fucking fast. And even now, same thing could be said about Beck. Like they went very electronic for a little bit. But um, I don't hate Radiohead. I mean, I'd put them, you know, B or C. Like I said, this is going to be a very DC list here. So Radiohead, all right. A couple of fun facts about Radiohead. Radiohead. I first discovered Radiohead on MTV, like a lot of young people, in the time when Creep came out, mm. uh, in the video for Creep. And really the thing that drew me to Creep was, of course, the soft and loud dynamics of the song. That chunky, like, when it, when it goes, do-do, do-do. Yeah, and I know the story behind that actually. They did the original writing of the song didn't have that part. It was just a straight taking of the do do, and I'm a creep. You know, goes into the hard part and then back. There was no right. But then, like, they had done so many takes at that point, and the guitar player was just getting, you know, antsy or whatever. And so, like, and, and he just... <laughs> he just flipped re- out, and they loved just it. Just the hell of it. Yeah, just... Yeah, and they were like, whoa! And that That's was, like, fucking awesome. Yeah. He's just like, fuck this, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, this is fucking... Yeah, end up making that shit. Just that, making that, that kicks song. ass. Yeah, definitely. So... Also, Radiohead was the first CD I ever owned. Really? And you may know how I came into this CD. What, like... If you think about uh, it. Columbia House? Um, <laughs> Some, whatever that's called. This is maybe a little pre-that. And it was BMG. But yeah, maybe a little even before. It was from a little radio station called WJMF. Oh, uh, wait, did you take it from WJMF? No, we had a call, they had a call-in contest. They were doing whatever DJs. Maybe it was Jeff and Ty or somebody. We listen. Like that. We love Jeff and Ty. Yeah. Shout out to Jeff and Ty. Even yeah. I don't know if they're still doing any of this stuff. They're probably not. But hopefully they're still being Jeff and Ty. WJMF eighty-eight point seven WJMF Brave New World of Rock Smithfield Definitely. Rhode Island. Shout out to Nigel. Shout out to Nigel. Yeah. So Radiohead. What um, do you think? The question that they asked was who uh, you know what band was Henry Rollins the lead singer for. And the answer was Black Flag, because they had played a Black Flag thing, and whatever. So of course, like I was the only one calling in, because college radio station broadcasting. So was, was he the singer of Black Flag? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. For a couple of albums, at least, but for I think the most important ones are the most famous ones. See, I thought that this guy had just made an album or two. And then that was it. And he's like, I'm going to do comedy or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. stand up. Like, I didn't know this guy had like a big history in being like a singer in a band. Like, Yeah, those were like the solo albums were that like his like solo band, Rollins Band. And I forget the names of the albums, but like they're basically considered like everybody's favorite kind of period of Black Flag. So you won uh, a Radiohead CD, WJ. So ans- yeah. And then so the, the Fake Plastic Trees single was the prize. When it had fake plastic trees, because this is when the Benz was out at this point. And then in the acoustic version of fake plastic trees. Oh, I miss singles. Uh, and then a song called Planet Telex. 
I miss uh, single. They're so yeah, good. Yeah, singles are great. Because speaking of singles, and I was going to say, with the Smashing Pumpkins, one of my top Smashing Pumpkins songs besides Siva is a song called Said Sadly, which was, to my knowledge, only available on a single tape. It was a B-side. Yeah, because they threw all the B-sides and the radio edits and live versions on those things they wouldn't normally hear yeah, anywhere. and it's such a great song, and I love that. It's like a lovely little lovey song and stuff. Um, but with Radiohead, so I like first couple albums. I wasn't so into the electronica, not because I don't like electronic music necessarily, but I think it was just sort of like a little more on the... too much on the drone. Like, in my, in my snap judgment... They would be C, but what did you say? I said C, C yeah. or C or B, you know. But I think C's perfect. To be yeah. Honest with you. C. It's all right. It's okay. Cause now we're in the Everclear. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still living with your. Yeah, when that song came out again, hyped. Summer in '93 or around that Mad time. Hype, yeah. This is '92, '93, maybe like that. I love that song and that album too. Heroin Girl is like like one of my favorite songs of theirs. The next album came out and it was a little more sentimental, a little more like less groove, less hard, less different. You know, some of the rougher edges that were that were good in Sparkle and Fade were sort of like shaved off. And so I think the album was so much for the afterglow and it just was different, a little less jangly. I guess they are associated with this genre called cowpunk, uh, which is what? like a, yeah, like a combination of like cow and punk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And like... <laughs> There's some jangle and swangle, you know what I mean, in there, and, and jangle a lot of and the swang. songs and sparkle and fade. I would put them at C. C. I'm right there with um, you. Because like there is certain songs I don't like. Like there's ones that are like sentimental and schlocky. There's a lot of sentimental schlock. Some songs are sparkle and fade. Like this has been said a hundred thousand times, but it's like they're one of those bands. They release a few songs. And they're big for a reason, you know, it catches people's attention, it's catchy, you know, the lyrics are good, you know, it's heavy. And then, basically, the next album, everything's like their lightest song. Like, that one popular song, yeah. they tried capturing lightning in a bottle, a and they kept doing it over and over and over, like Sugar Ray. We'll get to that, because I think Sugar Ray Ray's on here. Sugar. Uh, yes. But, same fucking concept, it's like they picked that one popular track and just did it over and over and over and over again that was their claim to fame yeah so ever clear uh, C yeah so we're gonna cut this uh, the first half of this list off and we're gonna do a separate episode to complete the remainder so we're around the halfway point here I think yeah we'll save it for another episode just cause this is like you know probably pushing the two hour mark but we'll see, you know, in post double epic in post editing, you know, here whether or not how how long it's actually going to be. But until next time, peace. Peace. Listen to good music. Yeah, yeah. Listen to good music.